What's up, nerds? And welcome back to your weekly movie review podcast. That's right, you are locked in and tuned in to the 3FN Podcast. And as always, we are coming to you from the 8122 Production Studios at Dragon Master Games. This week, we will be reviewing the brand new installment into the Saw franchise. That's right, Saw X. But before we get there, I'm your host, Rich. And joining me this week, the nerds are definitely all here. First of all, this is the man who, when he was asked if he wanted to play a game, said, I'm already tired of playing your fucking games, and punched Jigsaw right in the throat. I'm talking about Ron. I survived it all. He said he survived without even having to play the game. He bet the rules. And then threw him back at him. Tobin Bell has not been seen since. I'm just throwing that out there. You know, if you ain't cheating, you ain't trying. That's right. Let him know. And, of course, he is the man that doesn't need an introduction. Yet, he has the longest introduction in all of podcasting. Ladies and gentlemen, I give to you hashtag Big Natty Cool. Hashtag Mad Dog Strong Style. Hashtag Challenge Accepted. Hashtag Diesel Malenko because he's the man of a thousand and four hashtags. He is the leader of the Minnows Gang and is your favorite podcaster's favorite podcaster. He's the man, the myth, and the legend rolled into one tiny, giant, large, ginger, bearded feller. And you can figure all that shit out, ladies and gentlemen. I present to you, Diesel. Is that all you got? Harder, Daddy Jigsaw. Ooh, harder. That's what I. That's what she said. And then you did not provide. <laughs> uh, she said harder, and you went, and that was all. Believe, believe, believe. That's all, folks. Uh, well, with that, gentlemen, how has been the week? We'll start with you, Ron. Uh, week's been all right. Uh, you know, can't complain too much. We started the new slash old campaign for D and D this week on my Wednesday group. Uh, we're doing the Trinity of Dragons, which was the first campaign that came out. We just never finished it. So we're, we only got like halfway through it or something or a quarter way through it. So we decided to do it. So we, we ran through the first chapter pretty well. And, you know, it's how it is. You fight a bunch of things and don't have much to do because you're level one. So a level one to Baxi Barbarian just running around killing people. <laughs> make sure you guys get your rest. <laughs> yeah, yeah, make sure you take a rest this time. Yeah, you, you don't have time to do it in this. It's oh. all, so, like, you literally have to go through chapter one without really a long rest. Just smashing yeah, yeah. face and hoping the dice are on your side. Yeah, it's pretty much goddamn speed run in hardcore mode. No, it's just how it's just how this campaign set up. So, and it's just in the final fight at the end of the chapter, you don't win no matter what you do. So you just go in. You like somebody just got to sacrifice themselves. Sounds like a real Kobayashi Maru. Pretty much. Okay. Um, but you know that. But you know, new guy Ryan. You know, got married on Saturday, so went to the wedding. Yeah, you know, we proceeded to have a pictures of him and his wife on t-shirts the one where he was aggravating her and she was mad <laughs> and he's just smiling at it and everybody loved their sh- the shirts because we kept them hidden until after the yeah. ceremony and everything and we got everything situated and got the cameraman ready to take pictures and the wife just carly was just losing it all the way through <laughs> good stuff <laughs> so it was a good time you know it's you can't complain congratulations new guy new guy you've been upgraded from a minnow to a tadpole oh this next step of life congratulations mr and mrs tadpole <laughs> <laughs> he was rocking, rocking the diesel minnow shirt that he got engaged when <laughs> beautiful beautiful diesel how's been your week uh, pretty good uh, things are starting to settle down at both jobs uh 
getting a little bit easier with the new system at my one job. I'm not wanting to walk out on a daily basis, so that's good. Um, actually got to play some cards this Saturday, did the uh, Steel Tournament. Did horrible. I did not know anything about this set going in. And got got my uh, my metaphorical shit pushed in on that. But then went out with some friends that night to get some Korean barbecue, which was very tasty up at Kimchi up in Ithaca. Okay. I highly suggest it if you were looking to drop a couple hundred dollars between a few people. And you're in the Ithaca area. <laughs> um, and then Sunday just worked and been taking a lot of edibles. It's been a good day. <laughs> good <weekend. laughs> I like it. That's, that's a good way to keep a good day. Uh, I've had a long and tiring weekend. Uh, of course, this weekend there was not one but two big wrestling shows. So uh, we watched NXT uh, No Mercy on Saturday. They had a great uh, No Mercy open with the, like the old No Mercy video game. They used that as the open, which is nice. kind of cool. Uh, and then, of course, AEW Wrestle Dream. On top of that, we did the pre-show and post-show for AEW Wrestle Dream. We'll be doing a pre- and post-show for... Uh, WWE's Fastlane this upcoming weekend as well uh, over at the Nerd Initiative YouTube channel. Uh, so plug in that. Check that out. Check Wrestling Night Live if you're a, a pro wrestling fan every Wednesday night at 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Hosted by myself. Co-hosted by Ken M. from the ODPH. It's a good time. And we're doing all the wrestling stuff over there on Nerd Initiative. And uh, Ken's the EIC for the comics division. So there's a lot of comic book stuff every Tuesday night at 8 p.m. You got uh, turn a page. There you go. Shameless plug for all the stuff we're doing over there. So make sure you're subscribed to the Nerd Initiative uh, YouTube channel, as uh, as I would say. On top of all of that, uh, you know, just been busy keeping myself. Uh, you know, I'm now officially as of the recording, because obviously we record on Mondays, even though you guys don't get the show until Tuesdays. And uh, I'm officially nine days away from New York Comic Con. I'll be down in New York City from Wednesday through Sunday next, uh, a week from Wednesday, technically. So obviously nine days away. I got to get all the stuff and ducks in order and all that happy jazz. Uh, so I got a lot of busy stuff going on. And this weekend, you know, we have the pre and post show over there, that's going to be another thing. It's just, you know, keeping myself insane. Uh, that's the only way to be. But hey, I'm, uh, I'm alive. I'm surviving. And I'm uh, only off of like two and a half hours of sleep. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, excuse me if I ramble a little bit. So with that, I hope everybody who's listening had an awesome week this past week. And I hope you have an awesome upcoming week as well. But before we can dive into the fun stuff, we got to take care of a little business. And that means some shameless opening plugs. And of course, if you would like to find out anything about the 3FN podcast, it's simple. Go to 3fnpodcast.com. That's right. It's your one-stop shop for everything 3FN. There you can find all of our social media links. You can find our Public link. You can find our link to Patreon. Patreon.com slash 3FNpodcast. For as little as $1 a month, you get a ton of extra bonus content and you get to help support everything we do here. While you're there, check out the uh, the you know the page for the show. Also, check out friends of the show. Like the ODPH podcast. See what Ken M's up to. You can also stream the ODPH show right from 3fmpodcast.com also make sure you support the bands that are in the musical directory as they support us so we don't get hit with those dreaded DMCAs and of course we're going to give a big shout out to our good friends Shout at the Robots whose song Fail Better is the theme song you hear at the beginning of every episode of the 3FN podcast of course there's other great bands there so go support them all on YouTube Music Bandcamp and Spotify and last but not least when you're on the uh, website go and check out that sponsorship page those are the people who sponsor us in many different ways so we don't have to stuff commercials into the podcast for you of course big shout out to our friends rex to rods auto detailing if you're in the 607 and want to put the pride back into your ride 
Diesel, who do you call? 607-644-3389. And of course, tell them the 3FN Podcast sent you. Next up, Dubby Energy Drinks, the official energy drink of the 3FN Podcast. Go to W.GG, that's D-U-B-B-Y dot G-G. And at checkout, use the promo code 3FNPOD, that's the number three, the F-N-P-O-D, for 10% off of every order over there at Dubby and then we have our friends at Sci-Fi Horror Fest. There's a lot of stuff going on behind the scenes, but it's not coming up until next August. But make sure you uh, have it in uh, your favorite, scifihorrorfest.com, to hear all the stuff as it hits. And last but not least, our main sponsor, and that, of course, is Dragon Master Games. For all your Magic the Gathering and gaming needs, visit them on the World Wide Web, dragonmastergames.com. That's right. And of course, if you forget any of that that I just rambled out there, 3FNpodcast.com has your hookup. So that's a, the basic drive home. The basic drive home. So, gentlemen, I think it's time to get this party started. The people didn't come here to hear us talk about our sponsors and stuff. They also didn't hear come to necessarily hear us talk about our weeks, although I hope they enjoyed it. No, they want to hear us talk about what we talk about, and we like to kick the show off with... Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Welcome to Diesel's movie, Triple Stuff. Got sad news for you, boys. What's that? She's finally gone. Out of the top five, Barbie has officially been retired out of the top five. Wow, that was a hell of a run, though. Congratulations (laughs) for that hell of an epic run. But uh, yeah, happy trails. Coming in at number five this week, debuting The Blind with $4.1 million. Okay, don't know much about that, but okay. Coming in at number four with $4.7 million for its fourth week on the list, The Nun 2. Hey, I can't believe that's still on the list, but okay. Coming in at number three, debuting with a paltry $14 million, The Creator. Yeah, I don't know. I don't... That's... That's a rough one. That's a rough, That's especially a rough one. when they're they're out there shouting from the rooftops how great it looks for only costing eighty million dollars. Debuting at number two this week, Saw X with eighteen million dollars. Yeah, I think it was uh, overall twenty-seven million. I think after they added uh, Thursday in, but the, we go by just the weekend yep. total. So big open for uh, Saw X, yeah. and then coming in and hot at the number one spot. Paw Patrol, the Mighty Movie, with $23 million. So yeah, good. which I think it was over $30 million when adjusted for Thursday. So, And, of course, let's be honest. The family movie like that is going to dominate everything in the box office. so good. All right. Coming out this week, on October 6th, we have The Royal Hotel and The Exorcist Believer. Yeah, that's going to be next week's 3FN Movie Club review. Hopefully, uh, pray for us. because Not because we're scared of it, but uh, <laughs> because, uh, you know, uh, David Gordon Green. And Danny McBride. If you know, you know. You know. And coming out the following week on October 13th, we got really slim pickings because I don't know if you boys want to reserve, uh, review Taylor Swift The Eras Tour. Uh, no. We're not? No, we're not. But you can uh, still go, Ryan. I got tickets already. You should just, yeah. you just go. Let us know how it is. 
Oh, and that's pretty much it for that week. <laughs> well, uh, well, that we were planning that anyway. So, and also that was when I'll be at New York Comic Con. So that week, your three FN Movie Club review is going to be celebrating, I do believe, the thirtieth anniversary of the classic Sylvester Stallone and Wesley Snipes flick. The Demolition nice. Man. So 30 years of Demolition Man. We will be celebrating it on that week's 3FN Movie Club Review. Because, like I said, for two reasons. A, slim pickings. But B, <laughs> I'll also be in New York City. So sometimes getting out when I'm in the middle of doing press stuff for New York Comic Con is rough. Yes. And uh, the only movie I might be seeing down there if we end up going to the panel or not is if they show Thanksgiving in its entirety because no. there is a panel for that. No. Sometimes they show it and it's the last panel in the Empire Room. Usually when they set that up, they usually show the movie but I think we're actually going to a uh, mixer instead. So I don't think I'll even be seeing that. And once again, I wouldn't be reviewing it early anyways because we're doing that in November. But now that we've gotten out of the box office stuff, it is time to get into the signature move, the top three. Diesel, what is this week's top three? All right, we all love a man with a plan. This week's your top three favorite movie masterminds. Movie masterminds. The people who, you know, can be villainous. They can also be good. Oh, yeah. But they have to put on the plan. They're the man with a plan. They're the man with the power. Too sweet to be sour. And if I quote any more of Superstore Billy Graham's shtick, (laughs) I'm going to have to pay royalties. All right, so I got, uh, I do, my top three. Kind of, kind of fun top three here. At the number three slot from the legendary Christmas film Die Hard, Hans Gruber. Nice. I don't think uh, you can go anywhere else with that one, but I loved him. Next up, in the number two slot, the legendary Godfather portrayal of Michael Corleone, uh, played by the legendary uh, Hua Al Pacino. <laughs> And in my number one spot, and this was, man, I, I was thinking long and hard about this one. This was a super hard one to come to. But but I, f- I think I planned it out, and I think that I like this because we're huge fans of the MCU here. I'm going with Nick Fury. All right. True. Nick Fury, because I've loved the MCU movies. He's the mastermind. You know, he's true. the head of S.H.I.E.L.D. And, of course, uh, we all remember when he him and his flurkin took, dominated an entire <laughs> film, and we're coming up on the sequel to that movie in the not-too-distant future. So, Ron... What is your top three? I got Jimmy Conway from Goodfellas. Yeah, that's a good one. Got to gotta have that in there. Um, I'm, I'm going with Danny Ocean from Oceans 11, 12, and 13. Ooh. Just because okay. he, he went through three movies. And I like them for what they were. Okay. Um, then I'm going to go with uh, Verbal Kent or Kaiser Sose from The Unusual Suspects. Who is Kaiser Sose? I remember Diesel once did a uh, trivia thing on, a, on an old podcast or a different podcast than ours, <laughs> and he kept yelling Ka- Kaiser Soze and uh, no response. No response. <laughs> I saw, I'm just going to throw that out there. I, it's, it's always a story that's tickled me. Oh, it's because they had no idea who the fuck Kaiser Soze was. And he just kept yelling it. I, I actually listened to that. He's like, Kaiser Soze! I am Kaiser Soze! <laughs> and he just, like, it, it, and finally we gave the answer. He's like, how the hell don't you know that? <laughs> All right. For me, I got uh, a two-fur at the number three spot. We actually have Kaiser Soze. And with the same actor, the criminal mastermind that is Kevin Spacey, John Doe from Seven. All right. Okay. All right. Coming in at number two, Gerard Butler's character from Law Abiding Citizen. All right. Nice. Nice. I forgot about that. And my number one, my favorite, y'all love him. I still think he murdered his wife. 
I ain't talking about OJ. I'm talking about old Andy Dufresne. <laughs> oh, there you go. Shawshank Redemption. <laughs> uh, great movie. Great movie. Great picks. Everybody, great job. And if you have a top three you'd like to submit, go hit up those social medias. Find our social medias on 3FNpodcast.com and let us know what you guys thought. And in the future, we'll get more organized and actually put out the question. <laughs> I say that every week. And once, once I kind of get myself settled in, it might actually happen, folks. Well, with that, when we actually... Diesel's movie, Triple Stuff. There's only one place we like to enter. Welcome to 3FN's Movie Club. Refreshments are available in the lobby. And please, keep our theater clean by disposing of trash in specified containers. And remember, gift certificates are available for any special occasion. Enjoy the show. That's right, it's now time for the 3FN Movie Club Review. And as I said in the open, this week we are reviewing the newest installment to the Saw franchise, Saw X. Of course, before we get there, I want to lay the ground rules down for anybody who might have forgotten them or for anybody who's tuning in for the first time. Also, if you're tuning in for the first time, thank you for giving us a chance. Go back in the archives, check out some other reviews we've done because uh, we've done a ton of movies out there. I, I got the official announcement between all the stuff that we've ever put out on Podbean. We have done over 500 episodes on Podbean as of last week. Nice. I, <laughs> I mean, we're almost on episode 300 of the 3FN podcast itself. So. Thank you guys for supporting us, and uh, you know, go check some stuff out. Got a lot of great movies that we've reviewed in the past, and if so, if you're new, or if you need a reminder, here's how the breakdown works. First, we start off on any new film with the spoiler-free portion. That's mean. Diesel's gonna. Well, Diesel's not gonna give you the synopsis this time. I will be giving you the synopsis because Diesel did not go or shan't be seeing Saw X. I think I still want to hear Diesel's. I mean, Diesel could try to guess that one because you've seen a trailer. Well, you've seen a trailer while looking at I, your phone. I've heard the trailer. So I'm gonna, actually, I'm gonna go. Right. I'm gonna go with you, and then I'll just kind of go to do one after, just so so it'll still be, uh, be a little fun. Then we're gonna give you the stats for the film, including who made the movie, who was starred in the movie, and then we're gonna give you a thumbs up, thumbs in the middle, or thumbs down, spoiler free recommendation. We are then going to take a break. You're going to hear uh, one of our podcasting friends uh, do a little bit of talking to you or maybe even somebody else who did a sounder because sometimes it's a musician and stuff. Eh, however, it's going to be a sounder. When we come back, we are going to go into the full spoiler review of Saw X. We will give you a final warning before going into that. And then after the full spoiler review, we play the game where we find out the scores from around the internet before giving our scores and ending the show. So, gentlemen, are you ready to talk about Saw X. Yep. Oh, yeah. Well, Diesel, even though you didn't see it, we're going to go to you because I believe... Man, I got a story to tell. Oh, okay. So, when a man gets a terminal diagnosis, cue Arnold Schwarzenegger, it's not a tumor. He takes on a experimental procedure to take care of it. When that does not work, those who got him convinced that it would must pay. Kind of close, but not quite. Okay. So here's here's how I'll fix it for you. So, of course, if you know Saw, you kind of know who Jigsaw is. Well, Jigsaw had, does have a tumor. It is, in fact, a tumor. And it's cancerous, and he's going to die. And in the process of this, which in this world we find out that this is like post-first movie. I think it's between the first and second movies. Yes, it is. So uh, in, this, in this world, uh, basically Jigsaw is already a thing. Well, Jigsaw finds out about this experimental place doing experimental procedures to cure cancer. He goes down there and gets scammed. 
well, a guy who kills people for a, for for trying to change their lives, if you will. He's a life coach. Yes, and we'll talk about that later because that was kind of funny. Uh, he uh, does what he does best, and we get some carnage that follows. So there, there's a little bit of a difference, but not too much. Diesel, I think you hit it. I think you hit it mostly on the head, though. Well, now that we know what the synopsis is, it's time to find out who made this shit. That's right, who made this shit? And of course, uh, I'm not going to do it too. Uh, we I had such a long week. I did not do a full-on deep dive. I am sorry for everybody, but we're going to give you what we can. First of all, the director of this film was Kevin Garrett. Uh, Kevin Garrett is known for uh, doing multiple, multiple movies in the Saw franchise, including one of uh, a lot of people's favorites, Saw 6. Uh, of course, uh, he did the movie Jezebel and also The Strangers. And most recently, uh, in 2023, he did Cobweb. And in 2022, he did a movie that I know a lot of people talked about in the horror community, Uma. Oh, okay. But uh, before this, his last um, foray in the Jigsaw universe was the Jigsaw movie in 2017, which... Uh, depending upon who you talk to is depending upon how they feel about this. Uh, next up, the writers of this film. There's two of them. First up, Pete Goldfinger. And, of course, Pete Goldfinger is known mostly for writing Piranha 3D. <laughs> and then also Piranha 3D Double D. That was the sequel. He also, uh, this is not his first foray into the world of Saw either, as he wrote Jigsaw and also the spinoff movie Spiral from the book of okay. Saw. So he's done uh, quite a bit of work in the Saw franchise as well. And last but certainly not least, and as, as writers, is technically his partner, but he didn't write all the movies together. Josh Stolberg, uh, he uh, he did co-write Jigsaw, Spiral, Piranha 3D. He did not come back for the sequel, uh, but he's done also a lot and this is going to be weird, a lot of like family TV uh, as a producer. That's pretty much what he's known for because he did uh, like the weird the, the the weird science show from 1994, if you remember oh. that. He produced that. Okay. Uh, but uh, speaking of horror movies that he did write, he did also write Crawl Space, if you remember okay, Crawl Space. Yep. That was kind of a, a crazy movie. And he also did the remake to Sorority Row. Come to find out, yeah, you know, a low gig there. Josh Stolberg doing some, some big dangs popping. All right, now that we've gotten that, we are going to go over to the director of photography. That would be Nick Matthews. Uh, some of Nick Matthews' uh, bigger word was Mobland. Uh, I don't know if you ever heard of that. It was actually pretty good. A Spoonful of Sugar. And a movie that Diesel could get behind called Cuck in 2019. <laughs> <laughs> I've never seen that, but those are uh, his top ones. And the composer from this film is Charlie Closer. Uh, Charlie Closer is uh, done the entire Saw franchise. He is the mastermind behind the immortal Saw uh, score. You know the yes. song. If you hear it, you instantly know what it is. It's amazing. But he's also done uh, stuff for the Resident Evil franchise. And also, uh, remember the TV show Way Wayward Pines? Oh, okay. it was that weird sci-fi horror yes. TV show? He did all the score for that as well. Now that we've gone past the people who've made the movie, let's find out who starred in it. For the love of God, will someone please punch me in the face so I can see some scars? Of course, returning to the role of Jigsaw, a.k.a. the notorious John Kramer, would be the legendary Tobin Bell. Of course, we all know that Tobin Bell is most known for his role in the jig uh, as the Jigsaw Killer a.k.a. John Kramer, but also uh, he played Blackbird in the Manson Family movie in 2015. He was in The Firm. He was in Mississippi Burning. He's been in a ton of stuff. Uh, most recently, before Saw X, he was in the movie The Cello. Uh, so, And he was also in The Flash, by the way, the TV series. Not, yes. not 
the movie. Uh, so kudos to him. Next off, returning to the series as the character Amanda Young, the legendary horror actress Shawnee Smith. You remember her from a lot of the Saw franchise movies because anyone that Amanda Young was in, obviously she started in it. But uh, you also know her from the Blob remake from uh, 1988. Uh, amongst other things, she's been in a ton of movies, a ton of TV shows. Uh, I think everybody has kind of known who she is. Becker. Yes, that mm-hmm. too. That too as well. Next up, next up, we have some uh, lesser known celebrities, but they're still in the movie, playing the role of Cecilia, one of the, the bad people, if you will. I'm going to mess this up because I don't do good with Norwegian names. It is Sonove Makoti Lund. Uh, she has been in. Uh, she was in Ragnarok, not the mo- the the TV series. Uh, Headhunters, the girl in the uh, in the sports web, <laughs> and uh, Riviera, amongst other things. Next up, playing uh, another one of the people that gets punished here, uh, Stephen Brand, as he plays the character of Parker Sears. Uh, he's been in the Scorpion King. He was in the Teen Wolf series, uh, the movie Criminal, and uh, also he was a voice in Helsing Ultimate. Uh, the anime. Next up, we have Gabriella, played by Renita Vaca. Uh, Renita has been in uh, the movie Dreamer, and then she has done a ton of stuff in Mexico, uh, Telenuevas, and, and nice. other, other movies. So she's uh, this is her first big, big appearance in the States. Next up, playing the character of Diego is Joshua Akamato. Uh, Joshua Akamato was in Emma and then the club and like just like uh, Gabriella, he's been in a lot of telenovelas. Uh, very big in the uh, Mexican uh, as a Mexican actor. And uh, last but not least, trying to give a shout out here to Michael Beach, who played Henry Kessler. It's a smaller role for him, but you would remember him from Aquaman. You would also remember him from the Dahmer miniseries. And he was in Soul Food and uh, The Mayor of Kingstown, amongst other things. Uh, He's a great actor. Uh, I wish we would have gotten a little more of him in this movie, but still, great actor nonetheless. Well, Diesel, you don't get to give a recommendation here because you do not see the movie because you do not see scary movies. <laughs> but me and Ron will give our spoiler-free recommendation. It's going to be a thumbs up, thumbs in the middle, or a thumbs down. Ron, you get to go first. A little spoiler-free. Why? Remember, spoiler-free. That's the key word. Spoiler-free in a solve for movie. Okay. Uh, pretty much, if you like the franchise, I give it a thumbs up. It, it is there if you're starting off. I mean, obviously, I don't know if you'd go with this one immediately, but you could watch it after the first one. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> you know we've already established it pretty much takes place after that, so you can get away with that if you want to. Um, so you don't need to watch all other nine ones to understand what's going on. It, so it just get, it just gives a little spoilers out a little bit later, but it still works. We we got the machete cut essentially. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. <laughs> yeah. And so you know, it's, I give it a thumbs up. I'm going to say this because it was without needing me said. If you're a horror fan, this is obviously a movie for you. Uh, if you don't like horror movies, I wouldn't go. If you don't like bloody movies, I wouldn't go. Uh, I give it a thumbs up. It's not, it's not, you know, Citizen Kane, but it is also a, a fun horror film. It does bring uh, some suspense to it. Uh, it's not too hard to follow along with, but there is a lot of blood and gore. Uh, so just be forewarned if that is not your cup of tea. Uh, if that is not your cup of tea, don't go see it. But uh, everybody else, I would give it a thumbs up. It's definitely worth a watch. With that, we are going to now take our break. When we come back from the break, we are going to jump into the full spoiler review of Saw 
X. What's up, nerds? Tyler Mack here from the 30 and Nerdy Podcast, the flagship show of Bad Cast Company Productions. Now, you are currently tuned in to my favorite three fat nerds, Rich, Ron, and Diesel, our Nerd Council Brothers. After you're done with this amazing show, zoom on over to 30 and Nerdy Podcast wherever you cast your pod. Hit the subscribe button, give us a rating and a review, and check out 30andnerdypodcast.com. Cheers to you, nerds. That is the iconic, iconic theme song from Saw. And it is time to talk about Saw X. And it's time for us to jump into our spoiler full review for Saw X. So we're going to give you the final warning, folks. If you have not seen Saw X and you do not want the movie spoiled, this is where you stop the podcast, come back after you've seen it, and then listen to the rest. However, if you've already seen it or you don't care that it's spoiled, stay on because we're getting ready to take that ride into Spoiler Town right about... All right, we're in the spoiler zone, and uh, let's just start off getting the technical stuff out of the side. Uh, As you guys know, we just kind of go through the bones of the movie real quick, kind of outlining, and a movie like this is going to be real quick and easy because it's kind of, it's just what it is. And then we will get to our likes and dislikes of the movie before switching over to the game, and then finally our score. So... Here we go. Uh, this movie, man, it opens up with uh, some cool uh, images of uh, John Kramer's head. Yep. You know, because we know that John Kramer famously has a tumor and he's going to die. So if you've never seen a Saw movie before, uh, I, I find it hard to believe because I think everybody's at least seen the first one or one of them. Uh, the backstory of Jigsaw is simple. He's a man who gets, you know, there's 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 a little, there's they, they make it a little more convoluted over time, but the gist of it is he gets an inoperable brain tumor. He's got, you know, phase four cancer. He's going to die. And basically when he's faced with death, he realizes that so many people who are not faced with death take their lives for granted. So he decides to teach people a lesson the ones that take life way too for granted to teach them a lesson about how each breath should be cherished. So what he does is he makes them play games and these are games that you can win, but you have to give up something. And uh, a lot of times it's a lot of gruesome blood. You know, it's, it's, it's disturbing. This is a movie for kills, right? So basically what happens in this film is that uh, this movie chronologically takes place between the first and second films, as far as we could tell. And basically it doesn't really mention too much, but we do get mentions of different characters. Of course, Amanda Young is back, and we will talk about another surprise that comes back later in the movie, although we'll talk about the phone call uh, earlier in the movie. But basically, John Kramer is already the jigsaw killer when we meet him. And he's going, and he's basically told he's got months left to live. We find that out in the beginning. He's also at a cancer uh, you know, support, support group. group where people who have stage four cancer are going to go and talk to each other because obviously everybody's going to die. And there's a guy that he mates at that meeting. And then that, of course, is Henry. 
And Henry has got, I do believe, pancreatic cancer, stage, stage four, four pancreatic. Yep. He was told he's got like four months to live, but he's going to fight this thing is what he says. So they don't tell us what the time jump is, but I'm assuming it's got to be not that far off. And John Kramer is writing his last will and testament when he bumps into Henry at a coffee shop. Uh, well, an outdoors cafe, technically. Yeah. He so wanted, He wanted a scone. Yes. So basically they have a, a chat and, and, and Henry says, hey, they, I got cured. I went and did this thing where I took this experimental drug and then they did surgery and he shows them the scar and he says, hey, you might want to do this too. And, uh, and it's basically uh, the Peterson Foundation. And so, you know, Jigsaw's a smart man. Or sorry, John Kramer's a smart man. We should call him by his yeah. real name here. <laughs> He's a smart man. So he does some research and he decides, oh, you know, it's worth a shot. So he ends up calling, and they end up getting him in. By the way, we find out later it's to the tune of $250,000. Yes. We find that out later. Does insurance cover that? No, no, no. <laughs> this is all experimental. He has to go to, like, Mexico a rural town, rural town right outside of Mexico City. Like, in the middle of fucking nowhere. And they give him this experimental drug created by the, the, the female, Cecilia Peterson. Her father made this experimental drug that kind of fights off cancer. And they use that with surgery to get rid of the cancer. Well, they put him down for the surgery. And he's kind of watching the screen. And they turn the screen. And, and you know, you get a chance to think that there's something wrong. So they think it's a success. And he's enjoying life. And he's, he's excited about this life. And then he goes back to drop off because, you know, he's smart. So he figures out the triangulation. Of where this is located, because they they take him in like they they take him cartel style. Oh. Yeah. So he figures out the triangulation because he's smart, and he's actually so happy that we see him drawing one of his uh, doodles of a torture device or one of yeah. his games, if you will, and he just rips it out and he yeah. decides we're going to do something different. By the way, before this, you'd enjoy it when he's talking to the doctor, the lady doctor. She's like, you know, what do you do for a living? He's like, oh, well, I used to be an architect and an engineer. He was like, but then, you know, later in life, I, I help people to see that their lives are more valuable than what they are. And she goes, oh, like a life coach? He's like, yeah, you can say that. Like a life coach. <laughs> and you're just like, yeah, you know, he's the jigsaw killer. Yes. So... We get into the, you know, he goes back, he finds the triangulation, he chose to give this young girl, Gabrielle, uh, a uh, bottle of expensive tequila because she had tried to offer him some, but he couldn't have it before his surgery, and she treated him so well that he wanted to pay back. Well, when he goes there, he discovers that there's nobody there anymore, but then he also discovers what, Ron, when he looks at a screen? Uh, that the, the, the computer screen that they was looking at while he was getting, was the hard candy style. It was a video. It was a video. video of how to do brain surgery. <laughs> so they weren't actually doing the brain surgery. So he takes off the bandage. Yeah. There's no incision. No incision. No nothing. They, 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 he did the hard candy cell. Nice. Yes. Okay. Nice. And, and I'm not going to lie. I said it I said it in the theater. I go, oh, hard candy style. Yeah. It, it was, I thought it was really good. Yeah. I also reminded me, obviously, of hard candy. So I'm sitting there and I'm going, all right, we're, now we get to the revenge story. Because that's yes. what it is. Yeah. So uh, he, uh, firstly, he hunts down <laughs> uh, the, the guy who took him out there, the cab driver, who he also then recognizes as the doctor uh, just from his eyes, which is crazy. Yeah. And uh, we get our first game. He installs a bomb into this guy's arm, hooking well, it in. Both arms. Both arms. And he tapes scalpels in his hands. And the only way to get these out is to cut into his muscle and everything to pull the bombs out. Yeah. And uh, the guy does succeed. Giving him credit. And, and and he nurses him back to health. Yeah, he does. Uh, that's the last we see of him for a while, but he comes out and says he's gonna take you're gonna be okay. You've yep. you've learned a lesson oh, here. Dude, that was so gross. 
And then we get the classic, we're getting the kidnapping scenes. So we end up getting all the other people left. So there's four other people. They all get kidnapped and uh, put in this room. And we find out we got the return of Amanda Young. Uh, so Shawnee Smith makes her first appearance because obviously he needs uh, an assistant. Yep. She's been his longtime assistant, especially at this point juncture in the franchise. Yes. They go down. And so they have them all in this, this place where they were. And it's kind of like a warehouse. And uh, the first lady's tr- contraption is, uh, you know, those like saw wires. Yep, yep. So he's got uh, one that's on this contraption that's out around her her neck that's going to come back. And uh, the way that she is, because she's got three minutes before it goes and starts to cut her head off. I love how Amanda Young goes in layman's because he's talking about it's going to tear through your flesh first and then your ligaments and then your muscles and then finally your spinal cord. And Amanda's just mm-hmm. like. Uh, and in layman's terms, it's going to cut your head off. <laughs> so, yeah. So good. <laughs> so, but your option to get out of this diesel is that she, he has another piece of wire in a box and they've dotted off the girl's leg. And they also put a tourniquet for her. Yep. They dotted off the girl's leg because she has to saw her leg off and then use this pump to stick it into her bone marrow to suck out enough bone marrow into a machine to get it to stop. <laughs> yes. Ooh. Oh, it was. Okay. Okay, so I seen the first Saw movie, and I was like, alright, that's a cool throwback to the original Saw. Why the fuck do they have to add the bone marrow part? Because it's insane. Because, by the way, this kill was brutal. She's, yeah, she's a hooker, is basically, and she was playing the phlebotomist in, in the whole scenario. So he, he so he, she was in a bad situation, got hired yeah. to do this. She's not the criminal mastermind. No. She's but, just getting a paycheck. Yeah. Right, but at the time, uh, to be oh. fair, at the time, he thinks that they're all a team. So yeah. he's... He's basically trying to make the leader pay. Okay. Because okay. obviously she's going to be last. The doctor, Cecilia Peterson, yeah. is going to be the last. So basically oh. what ends up happening is uh, she does cut her leg off. She does get there, but she doesn't get it done in time. So we see her leg. By the way, brutal kill. And it's very graphic. Very graphic. Oh. I'm like, I don't know how they got away with this in an R-rated movie. Because very graphic. Well, Terrifier was R-rated too. So Yeah, but they because of the specialty of it, they kind of got a little more of an exception. But this was this is yeah. super graphic. Oh. So, you know, there's, you know, this whole backstory, because, of course, Amanda cares for John Kramer. You know, that's what she's, you know, she's worried about him dying. And in the meantime, he's like, okay, well, Gabrielle's next. Well, in the meantime, when we get introduced to everything going on, there was a patient in the room named Parker Sears that John Kramer gets introduced to that was getting the procedure done before him. So this guy shows up yelling about how, you know, you took. Oh, oh, we forgot the disturbing part, actually. Let's rewind for a second. Right before that happens, they realize that Amanda Young had left the cell phone under the, the these coats in the room on this cart. And they're trying to figure out oh, how to yeah. get the cart while they're not paying attention. So the doctor, Cecilia Peterson, goes over with a rusty, like, I don't know, fucking yeah, piece of metal, metal that was just on the ground. Cuts open the dead girl's fucking torso and pulls out her intestines. And then they throw the intestines to the one guy, the other guy throws it to another guy, and throws it back so they can use it as rope, rope to pull the thing towards her. <laughs> And, of course, just as she calls who she's going to call, she gets zapped uh, because they all have neck collars on. And that, that goes out the window. Okay. But, yeah, when you talk about brutal, they use somebody's intestines as rope. <laughs> okay. So now that we've gone past this, you know, he's this, this guy is back. This guy, Parker Sears, is back. He's yelling outside with a gun about how, you know, you still stole my money. Somebody's going to die. You're going to pay. <laughs> and uh, so he comes in looking for the people, and he ends up getting a shovel to the face for his worries. And when he wakes up, he is just chained to a chair. Yep. Because John Kramer's like, hey, listen, you know, I get it. You're feeling, you know, some type of way about it, but no guns. 
no guns. And if you can, I got this, homie. And he goes, if you can play by the rules, you know, we can use you for something. And he's like, the guy's like, really? So that's when he wheels him up and shows him the House of Horrors. <laughs> so now this guy's seen the dead cut up body, yeah. and he's about to witness what's about to happen next. Because originally, originally Gabrielle was supposed to be next, but then Amanda says, no, she's not going next. Mateo's going yeah. next. So Mateo is uh, in a chair, Diesel, and we see some kind of device on his head that is like smoking and electrocuting him a little bit. And basically when the game gets revealed, because this is where we get to see Billy, Billy the puppet on his tricycle, okay. he delivers the uh, tape recorder and all the tools. And uh, there's a camera and a monitor in front of him that shows him where they have shaved the top of his head a little in a circle and dotted it out because what he needs to do is take a bone saw a cranial saw to be precise cut his cranium off and then he has to put some of his gray matter in this solution to melt and if he puts enough gray matter in it it will set it will open up the door for a key that he can then uncut himself so of course this guy gets the top part cut off yeah he gets the gray matter out which was that was gruesome him pulling the gray matter out of his head dude how bad did that look i was so like i i cringed Okay, so before you finish, I'm, I'm thinking to the throwback of uh, the end of Hannibal, where it was kind of cheesy how they did it, and not really realistic. So I'm assuming this is more realistic than the end of Hannibal, uh, for the most part. Yeah, because yes. oh. he does. Because John Kramer does explain that yes, it's going to do damage to you, but the brain has a miracle uh, organ well, and it can it can heal itself and rewire itself. So if you can do this, yes, it'll be it'll suck for you for a little bit, but you could go back to being normal or close to normal. I'm just picturing the key is going to fall out and he's not going to know how to work a goddamn lock. Well, no, he gets, it takes <laughs> too much time. So by the time the door opens, it's already it's the yeah. last second. So then what happens is the thing he was wearing it closes and it looks like an aztec statue okay. and, it, and it basically fries him to death yeah it's like a heating element on both sides they light up after at three and he's smoking yeah. they george formed his face yes. yes nice yeah and like i said all these traps have three minutes on them yeah for the most part well until the end we'll talk oh, about yeah, yeah, yeah. so next up is this the uh, next up they've unchained parker now he's he's gonna be uh, he's, he's, he's agreed he's to do. He's yes. agreed to do his role, so they've unchained him, and as he's standing there, uh, they, it's now time for Gabrielle, and because Amanda couldn't do it, and John knew she couldn't do it, he hits the button to activate. It. Well, he sends out Billy, and then that activates the game. So this game has got this young girl Gabrielle. Uh, she's chained from the wrist and okay. chained at the I'm ankle. In. Well, I'm in, and she gets hung up at the ceiling. And across from her is this heavy radiation, like MRI kind of machine. Yes. And basically, it, it, the tape explains to her that what radiation does to you. They're going to share a noble, that bitch? And so, yes, in a way. <laughs> so what's going to happen is the radiation is going to kick up and it's going to up and up. And you have three minutes. And uh, in that time frame, you need to get yourself out of the cuff on your ankle and your wrist. And how do you get out of it? Well, we've provided you with a mallet. So what do you think you have to do to get out of cuffs when you have a mallet, Diesel? You have to make your wide hand or wide feet make the bones 
go into smaller pieces so you can slide them out. Dude, yes. This is another one of those hard ones. Like yes. I was like, oh shit. Uh, well, of course, the doctor tells her to start with the ankle because well, then she'll swing out of the. Or, yeah, yeah, start with the ankle because then you'll swing she, out of the way of the radiation. She was going to start with her hand, and she's like, no, do the ankle so you swing out of the way. Well, yeah, because if you have to switch hands, like you go. So so well yeah, but then you're not in the radiation at least because the radiation thing is there. So she snatters the ankle and she gets out of the way of the radiation after it does some damage to her face. But you see, John Kramer's not a fool. He knew what was going to happen, so the radiation machine moves with her. Like, she thinks it's fine because she's swinging and everybody's yeah. like, oh, but then all of a sudden it moves. <laughs> so now she's back in the firing realm, but guess what? She gets down and she's on the ground. She's messed up, but she's on the ground. So John Kramer, Parker, and Amanda are in the, the control, control center, room. if you want to. And John's like, okay, get her to the hospital because she's she she succeeded. If you live, if, if that's how you get, you know, oh, your freedom take in, care of you in the jigsaw world. Yeah. If you survive, if you play, if you win your game, he will make sure that you are okay. And that's when we get the reveal that Parker has been the other person the whole time. Yes, the so, other person on the yeah, on the on the con team? person yeah. team. Okay, he's yeah. the boyfriend of Cecilia, and he's on the scam team. Okay. So he has the gun. He forces them downstairs, uh, forces them to undo Cecilia. Uh, and basically, John's like, hey, listen, you know, these are your people. Why aren't you doing it? And she goes, what are you talking about? The le- I was, You know what I was thinking when they were dying? More money for me. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, these might be my people. They are in the scam with me. But I was thinking more money for me. And she then steps on C- Cecilia's neck and breaks, breaks it. it. And John and Amanda, that bothers Amanda because Amanda was a drug addict, if you go back in the story. And she felt the connection with this girl, and this girl survived just like her. And then she's now dead, and it goes against everything, you know. And of course, we get this big moral, you know, you know, it's not your moral compass, John. You don't have, you know, you you shouldn't be telling me about morals. Look what you do. Yeah. She was like, of course, you know, how does this thing work? Oh, oh, the the participant has to pull the lever. Of course, because you can't get your hands dirty. I have no problems getting my hands dirty. So she hooks him up into a device and they chain up Amanda. And now there's this little kid that we meet earlier in the movie who likes to kick a ball against the wall. And uh, John Kramer helps him fix his bike. Has nothing to do with anything. And John Kramer's not going to give her the information or whatever she wants. And she just goes outside and gets this little kid because she's evil. Yeah. And like a little kid, like sub 10 years old okay. yeah. and hooks him to the other half of this machine. So this machine, this trap that John's got going is it's two people on the back. It moves up and then blood from, I don't know. I don't wow. think it's human. I think it's pig's blood. It's got to be. It's got to be. There's so much of it. Just drains and kind of waterboards you. And there's a lever and the lever, if you pull the lever, it tips towards the whatever side the lever's pulled towards so the one person's not in the getting waterboarded and the other person is and uh, john can, doing the right thing is tells the kid in spanish don't pull no pull don't pull the lever no matter what don't pull the lever i'm pulling the lever and he's going to literally give himself up we'll talk about this in a minute to pull the lever for the kid but the kid being brave actually when john's struggling he pulls the lever and t- takes some of it too and then john takes it back so they're going back and forth well this goes on though finally our two uh conspirators they go up into the control room to get the money because they're getting the money we're taking care of we and the, the bragging the whole time from her is when i found out you were jigsaw i knew before you came here i knew that i could get by you because you were just a, you're stupid you're a mark and i'm smarter than you she's bragging about this right yeah so they go into the room they're looking for the money they find the money as she pulls the bag of money that is when there is a clicking sound 
a bunch of red lights start going off and we get a 10 minute timer. Yep. And that is where, when I said about when I, Patreon, when I said about the, the music, the theme song, that is the first time you hear, hear the song. You do the and they're in the room and they're like, well, how, what is it? What is whatever, you know? And now we start getting the pieces. The door shuts on them and locks. Uh, at this point in juncture, both John and Amanda pull the pins off of the back of the their 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 cuffs to reach, let them go, and they get the kid out of it. And we then learn that everything, the whole setup, because earlier we, he called the detective, which was Mark Furman, to find out about the people. The only person he couldn't find was this Parker guy. So to find him, they left the phone in there on purpose because she tried to call him. And when she looked at the phone, that's how they got, they contacted him to come back. That's how they got him. Yeah. And so it's revealing it, and it's and, and John Kramer's voice comes on in that room, and he's, you know, because it's, it's a game, and he just goes, you know, the whole time that you thought you were outsmarting somebody, you were the mark from the beginning. Even before I came to Mexico, you were the mark. So he knew what was going on the whole time. He knew that it wasn't a yeah. real procedure. He, he knew what was going on the whole time. and uh, He was hoping it was a real procedure. He was hoping that he was Because he, no, he had nothing else to go for. So. Yeah. He it, was hoping there was some honesty into yeah. it, but he kind of figured. So he had already had plans in place. Yeah. Because that's how he operates. Jigsaw goes worldwide. And uh, so a gas uh, that starts to like bubble on the skin, so I don't know what kind of gas it was, starts to enter this room. And basically, it's like, hey, there's only one hole. The, a hole opens up to stick your head out. There's only one of you that can be alive. There's only one of you that can live. So they turn on each other and start fighting. And there was a scene earlier where Amanda says to Parker, you know she's going to kill you and watch you burn eventually, right? Yeah. And they're fighting, and she ends up stabbing and killing him. Yep. And sticking her head out through the hole. And uh, as she does that, she looks down at the three of them standing there. And it's basically this wonderful moment where the three of them end up leaving. And I guess she's still alive, she's which still is alive. weird. But she, yeah, she was still alive because the 10-minute marker, the gas stopped. Stopped, but in. she was her body was burned from the Whatever gas, gas it was, yeah. And she was barely living because yeah. she was fighting in that, too. Yeah. Uh, so we don't get an answer there, which kind of was whatever. Uh, but, you know, overall, man, it was brutal. And it yeah. told a great revenge story. And, of course, like I said, I guess the reveal earlier... We'll talk about that yeah. in positive and negatives. It was real easy to guess that Parker character or whatever. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, But I still like the payoff in this story because it was just like, it was perfect with the music and everything. Yeah. Like I said, I'll go over that more in likes, but that's the end of the basic movie. And then there was a mid-credit scene. Yes. In the mid-credit scene, I guess we found, I guess, Detective Hoffman, who makes his return. So we did get the return of, because I, I always forget his name, oh, but yeah. we did get the return of Costas Mandalore playing Detective Mark Hoffman. At the end, during the bonus scene, and they got Henry, the guy that they ran into, and he's hung up inside of a meat locker. And basically, uh, is it the meat locker, or is, is it, or is it, or is it, is it the, the original? It could be the original basement. I think it's it the original of, basement. It kind of, it, but it, that, that kind of because you see weird. a body in the background. Yeah, that's true. You do. So I think it was the original basement. So basically, they have him hanging, you know, from the ceiling by his his arms. And uh, Mark Hoffman delivers a line that you heard in the, which you probably didn't know was Mark Hoffman at the time in the trailer, where he says, and you thought it was a good idea to con John Kramer. That's that's just stupidity. Yeah. <laughs> and they'd reveal that there's this like claw thing that they've put yeah. on his stomach that starts activating and getting closer and closer. Is, and that's how the movie ends. So you get that little bonus scene. Uh, I wish there would have been a little cleaner of an ending, but still, I, yeah. I thought it was fun. You know, it was a nice way to have Detective Hoffman come back as well. So they did a lot of fan service in this movie, I would say. 
Uh, so that's basically the rundown through the movie. So now let's hit our likes and dislikes. I usually like to open it up with saying, and in a lot of cases, I, honestly, I thought the shooting of this movie was perfect. I thought it looked good. The feel was there. It felt dingy. It felt dirty. It, it felt right to me. Uh, I love the visual effects. The kills look brutal. Yeah. I could tell that some of them were practical and some of them had CG purposes, but a lot of practical was used. I thought that was really good. I, I enjoyed all of that that kind of like so the vi- the visual effects the score everything like that was just on point in my opinion just all the technical stuff it checked it literally checked all the boxes it's not one of those movies where you're like the editing was good there's nothing wrong there uh, going into likes before I toss it over I think we're gonna have some of the similar likes yeah. obviously I thought the kills in this movie were very original to the franchise. You know, we didn't really, you know, I was waiting for the bear trap because, you know, we've seen the reverse bear trap a million times. We don't get anything like that. We get all pretty much brand new kills. Very interesting kills. I mean, you know, the the most interesting one we'll talk about in a minute because I know it's a dislike for me unless you want to. Do you want to throw it out there? We we skipped over it. In the beginning of this movie, the opening kill is there's this, this, this janitor stealing from a guy who's like on death's door. Yeah. And all of a sudden, you know, this janitor is now in a uh, in a predicament where his hand, one hand, is tied to what looks like uh, extension yeah. things. I don't know how to explain yeah. it. Like you know, traction. Like when yeah. somebody's in traction, it's tied to something like that. Yeah. And his other hand is is is, da- is is bolted to the table, but there's a knob there, and it's explained to him. And there's and of course it's in the uh, pictures. If you look at the poster, even there is a thing on his face. And there's tubes coming out of where his eye holes are. And they're running into a machine. <laughs> and uh, basically, the game is that uh, you have to turn the knob to five. And if you do that within a minute, uh, then you will you will survive. But if not, you are going to lose your eyes. Yep. And uh, basically, because there's a, a heavy-duty industrial vacuum cleaner hooked to the tubes. And so, you know, he hits the dial a couple, two, three times, snaps three fingers, and then for whatever reason doesn't. So we get to see his eyes literally one at a time go flatunk and flatunk yeah. into this little uh, container unit. You're seeing me be a goddamn DJ. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. I don't know why he just didn't go one to five and just have them all snap. I mean, I mean, even if you did the first two, you figured you'd be in shock by then. But yeah, yeah. yeah. So that's, so I, I, I'm going to say that was a really innovative kill. So I did like the kill. We'll talk about my dislike about that in a minute. But, uh, yeah, I thought all the kills were great. Likes for you, uh, Ron. Uh, For overall, um, it was a cut-and-dry story that you kind of already knew how it was going to be, so it was fine, whatever. It's a Saw movie, so you didn't really need anything uh, too in-depth. So it was fine that you didn't have to really follow too much if you haven't seen any of the other Saws. Uh, You know, um, you you meet the characters, and you see them, and they're all portraying themselves as professionals, and it actually works. Because you're kind of like sitting there going, oh, okay, maybe this is something, you know, for people that aren't fans of the movies. Yeah. Uh, the kills, like you said, are good. They seemed like uh, a little kind of rushed traps because you didn't have yeah, much a time. More, yeah. So, which is fine. I'm not, not like they, you know, it seemed a little more rushed and you could win, but these ones were a little more established that you probably weren't going to win. The deck was a little more stacked yeah. than normal, and I think it was because, obviously, it's revenge. Yeah. yeah. There's a little different motivation from Jigsaw yeah. here. Yeah. Uh, I, I dug that. I did, I did dug, dig the revenge scenarios in this movie. I thought it was different from the rest of the franchise where you usually just deal with, you know, we had the insurance people at the yeah. one-point juncture or the father, the cop who killed the one guy. And, yeah. you know, 
there's there's been like these different moral quandaries or the one that we found out was the guy that you know killed jigs or uh, john kramer's baby yeah because uh, he was getting his drug fix yeah there's 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 been a ton of like the the ones like that and it, it's always usually pretty good let's be honest yeah but this one was more like hey this is just revenge pure simple i'm gonna get revenge because you you're you're yeah. done well it's kind of cool because you guys said that the started with the guy who's dealing from a guy who's dying that then translate to he meets a con group of people that are stealing from people that are dying, yeah. which is kind of cool. Yeah, it's kind of has that. It, there's always a message, and that is the message. But here's a good dislike because we're just going to jump into it. My dislike is this is the only fr- movie in the franchise where there's a fantasy kill because that original kill that I talked about that yeah. isn't real. Like he fantasizes about it, and then all of a sudden we snap back to reality where the guy sees him and then puts the stuff back, and then he just yeah, tells the kid, yeah, "Good, good choice." choice. <laughs> So that kill doesn't happen. That's just something you fantasized about. And I'm like, I've never seen a fantasy kill in a fucking Saw movie before. Now, mind you, it was super cool, but I'm like, kind of took me for like, why are we getting a fantasy kill? Like, technically, he's supposed to be the guy who's not killing for killing. He's killing to give people a chance at life. Yeah. Because the whole thing is that every game, remember the established rules before, every game has to be winnable. That's why he gets mad at certain of his henchmen, including Mark Hoffman, because he makes some unwinnable decisions. And you can't do unwinnable. Yeah. It has to be winnable. Because you have to either... you could Because you, you can earn your life. Because yeah. even Amanda questions, like that doctor lady down there, she doesn't deserve to live. And he goes, well, everybody deserves a chance. So even with that person being a con woman, he's like, everybody deserves a chance at life. Yeah. So Or a second chance at life, yeah. I should say. So I think I think that was just... It's an interesting thing from there. But I just like the fantasy kill. Because it's like, it was so cool, but it's just like, it then ended up not being real. Yeah. Uh, <sighs> Uh, yeah, so I, so I've only seen the first two Saw movies, and everything's really based in a reality setting. I do kind of like it if it was done like the you know glimpse behind his eyes and just like trying to, you know, picturing what he could do, how he comes up with these things. But that doesn't sound like they kind of nailed that. No, what they did was they basically played it out with him watching him steal, and then it played out as like he Kim kidnapping him and doing this. So it kind of played out like a normal Saw movie. It's your first kill. So you're like, oh, that makes sense. It, it yeah. tracks as for a Saw movie. And then as soon as the kill's over, it kind of fades to white, and we're back at the at the hospital, and the guy sees him and puts the stuff back. And you're just like, it was just weird. It wasn't yeah. like one of those things that was explained even. It was just, I just thought it was out of place. Yeah, it's weird. Personally. Uh, the other thing I really didn't like was how easy it was to discover everything. Uh, yeah. not, from two different angles. From in the movie realm, like pretty much, like he calls Detective Hoffman on the phone. Yeah. I mean, they don't say it's Detective Hoffman, but yeah, we know he, he says detective. detective. We know who the detective is that works with him. And he asked him to find out who these people were. And it's just like, boom, they have them. Especially the ones that lived in Mexico City. Like yeah. he had all their information where they could find them. And the only one he couldn't find was the other American. There, there's databases. <laughs> yeah. I, right. But once again, and, and we did find out, remember Hoffman was working with the FBI. So yeah. I'm sure like whatever, it is what it is. The, the, the problem with it, though, is how quick it happened. And then on top of that being quick, like, the you knew that Parker was the accomplished. Yeah. Like, from the time he comes in. And, of course, when they it, the cool part is when they show you the replay, it shows John Kramer taking all the, the, uh, gun the gunpowder out of his bullets. bullets while he was knocked out. Okay. It shows It shows them, you know, knowing, seeing on the phone, and that's how they got in there. Yeah. They knew the whole time, obviously. But the problem was... It still kind of was like you knew as the audience the whole time too. They yeah. never really tried to hide it too well. I don't think. Yeah. So that was my uh, my, my only major dislikes. Ronnie got something to throw out there. Uh, like you said, how quick they found everybody 
how quick you know that's why i said the, the traps seemed a little more rushed, quick rushed because he had a, only a certain amount of time yeah, he didn't have the time to go uh, like you said like touches the, i mean giving him credit they did met and i mean i'm still with you on not liking it completely but they did give say like we got to hurry up because somebody's going to find us yeah they did give drop that line uh, the amount of pig's blood or whatever blood they use, holy shit! Like uh, a small town, that, like okay, fine, whatever. <laughs> you just kinda, you know you got to put that yeah. in the back burner, yeah. whatever. Just leave. <laughs> also, getting water, also getting water boarded with pig's blood probably isn't the uh, the best thing ever. Uh, no, it was probably cut with water. They know how to cut the shit <laughs> down there. <laughs> they so, stepped on it. Uh, then you know the mid credit scene was just a fan service scene. There was really no reason for it. I don't think there was any reason for it unless it's how they connect Eleven. I don't know. Uh, we'll find know. out. Yeah, we'll find but out. It's not, you know, once again, there's not a ton of dislikes because it's, at the end of the day, it's a Saw movie. It's a basic movie. Yeah. It's a basic premise. It's a basic movie. Uh, you have any uh, last things you want to add before we uh, turn it over to play the game? No, I'm good. All right, well, then, if that's the case, I guess it's time. Time to play the game. Time to play the game. That's right, it is time to play the game. And of course, uh, Diesel did win the game last week, so he is your reigning champion. Can he hold on to the crown for just one more week? Or will Rod take it back quickly like he does pretty much all the time? Diesel, <laughs> you need to get a streak out established for yourself, is what I'm trying to tell you. Of course, the game is simple. It is Price is Right rules. Closest to the number without going over gets the point. First of three points gets it. Although, if there's for whatever reason a tie, because that does happen, the final one is closest to the number because we don't do ties. And if it needs to be worth two points because the, the guys missed the number, it will be because we hit hell. I make the rules because I can change them. <laughs> all right, gentlemen, are you ready to play the game? Let's go. Let's start with the challenger, Ron. Uh, IMDb out of 10 using points. What did they give Saw X? 7.2 is in my head. Diesel. Just go one because I know I'm too high. Go five. All hmm. right. And Ron was dead on. 7.2. Oh, right Jesus. Then. Oh, nice. <laughs> dead on. Uh, I think he's doing the ringer to you, Diesel. <laughs> Dude, I honestly didn't look any of these up. Trust me. All right, next up is Metacritic Diesel. These are only critic scores. This is out of 100%. What did they give Saw X? 63. Ooh. Ronald. Uh, it's been a while. I'm going to go one. <laughs> going one. So 63. We're going 63 and one. And... Ron gets the point. It was 60. 60. Diesel, you're closer, but you busted. So, Ron, you are up two to nothing. So you can win on this next one. And the next one is Rotten Tomatoes critic score. Remember, these are the critics from Rotten Tomatoes. Out of 100%, what did they give Saw X? 55. Diesel. 56. 55, 56, and... Diesel gets the block. 83%. What? This is currently certified fresh from the... Uh, Ron Tomatoes critics. That's Think insane. about that. There you go. Wow. That's insane. I say, we said we liked the movie. I, I did like the movie. I guess a lot of people uh, like this movie. All right. That's going to bring us to uh, Diesel. You get to go first here. And uh, you need to get this to see, keep your game alive. This is the Rotten Tomatoes audience score. What did they give Saw X out of 100%? 86. 86. Ron. One. 86 and one. And... Diesel gets the point, 91%. Damn. 91%. Uh, see, people are high on this movie, I'm Ron. Okay. People are high on this movie. That's going to bring us to the tiebreaker, so you know what that means. This is the closest to the number, period. And uh, unfortunately for you gentlemen, it's Google users. <laughs> so, Ron, you have to go first because you're the challenger. 
Google users, out of 100%, what did they give Saw X? They're going to be low. They're going to be lower than... So I'm going to go 86. 86. Diesel? I think it's going to be higher. 87. So if it's lower than 86, <laughs> Ron wins. If it's higher than 86, Diesel wins. I can confirm we have a winner, obviously. So your winner. And still champion Diesel, 95%. Holy shit. <laughs> 95%. A lot I, of people love this movie. I, I guess so. I, I'm, From what, what I've heard, it was like a, a return to form where like it was more story driven than kill driven. True. I've yes, heard. yes, and also the kills are back. So yeah. it's it's kind of the best of both worlds. This is a Saw movie where there's actual a uh, story. Uh, whether the story is great or not is up for debate, but it is still a story. Uh, but the kills are yeah. jacked way up as well. Uh, not the amount, but the the gore is, yeah. is is ungodly. All right. So now that we found out what the internet scored this movie, it's time finally for us to give our scores. Yeah. Well. You know, that's just like uh, your opinion, man. That's right. And our opinion is we're going to give you our nerd score, followed by my critic score. And the nerd score is on the nerd scale. And that score is a mixture of our critic score mixed with our entertainment score. So it could be low critically, but if it was super entertaining, it can make the score higher and vice versa. There's only five levels to the nerd scale, and they are as follows. A one is no. That means don't go see this. This movie is terrible. A two is, you've been warned. That means it's not quite terrible, but it ain't good. So you've been warned not to see it. A three is, ah, it's good. That means the movie is, you know, an average film, you know, average to good. You're not going to probably watch it again. You don't need to go rush and spend money on it. But at the same time, you're not going to regret seeing it. A four is just take my money. These are the movies that are very good to great. They're movies that you can go and see in the theater. You can rent them. You, you might even add them to your collection. You wouldn't mind seeing them a second time or a third time even. You might not add them into a full rotation, but you, you know, buying them or whatever could be a thing. And last but not least is the rarefied air. And that is certified nerd in the five spot. And those are for the legendary movies like Jaws and Jurassic Park. These are the ones that you're going to see over and over again add your collection add to a rotation you know the classics so with that with the nerd scale and everything explained ron we're going to go to you first what is your score for saw x and y all right i'm going with a three this is a three it's good it's good it's good this is a decent saw movie uh if you're in horror and all that stuff like we said before you'll probably enjoy it if you like the saw franchise the reason why I'm hovering at a three and not a four was because I'm really a big fan of one and I'm a really big fan of two. And I understand this fills in that gap where you need it to fill in, but I just don't think it pushes above that because I've watched one and two a hundred times. So I, I, I'm, and it could just be biased because I haven't watched them recently, but I just don't think they it meets right there because it was a little too predictable. At least with one and two, you kind of had to watch the movie to pay attention to. And then when you didn't get it, you had to rewatch it to be like, well, I missed what? And then go through. So I hear you there. I hear you there. Uh, I'm just going to preface this. I'm going to be honest. I'm going to be a homer on this. I'm a big fan of the Saw franchise. <laughs> uh, even some of the bad movies in it. I'm not saying that they're all perfect. This is not one of those ones where even all of them are above average. Uh, some of, There's a couple stinkers in the franchise. Just, just gonna th- yeah, we're just going to throw it out there. There is a couple stinkers in the franchise. Uh, so it's not Scream 
as a franchise where right. there's technically no stinkers. I'm not saying all of them are great, but there's none that are like below average, let's be honest. Uh, but I still love this franchise, so I'm going to score it a little higher, and I'm giving it a four. Go me the money! So it's a just take my money because I will be adding this to my collection. Yes, I agree with you. The predictability is, is something that hurts it a little bit. That's why it's not a five. Um, the story at times gets a little too predictable yeah. also. So I like the fact that there's a story, but it's not in-depth enough for me because it's like you knew where we were going the entire time. There was some really good decision-making. Like I said, you even though the reveal you already knew, and even at the end, the, the choice of doing the score there for the first time and doing everything else that they did actually adds to it. So I'm, I'm a big fan of that. I also didn't really like the fact that they left us on such a cliffhanger and we don't even know if we're going back to this realm or yeah. not. It's just a weird uh, scenario. I'm hoping that we're going back to do the next Saw movie uh, as part of this because that would make the most sense at this point. But who knows? Uh, who knows? I, I, I don't know if they're you know going to make enough money back, whatever they're going to do, but hopefully. And uh, yeah, I, but overall, I thought this was really good and I will be adding it to my collection. So that's why I'm giving it a four. My critic score for this film, I'm giving it, uh, for a four, it's on a low end. I'm giving it a seven. I mean, I was going to originally give it a six and a half, but as we talked about, I'm like, you know what? I really did. The, the good does outweigh the bad enough to bump into a seven, in my opinion. So it is kind of on the low end for a four, but still, I, I think that it deserves uh, its credit. I, I did enjoy it. I left the movie theater very oh, satisfied. Yeah. It's the best Saw movie we've seen in a while. And, True. I, and I did like Spiral. I didn't watch Spiral. I, I like Spiral. Okay, I should say it like this. I would not give it a four. Spiral, I gave a three on the nerd scale. And I, I would, I'll preface it that I liked the concept of it, but the execution was bad. Okay. Like, there was some really cool stuff, but the execution was bad. This movie, the execution actually was good. There was just some loose ends that I think could have been tied a little tighter. And if they did that, I, this could would have yeah. been right up there with the original Saw movie as okay. a really, really good movie. I agree. So with that being said, that is our scores for Saw X. If you would like to give us your opinions and scores on it, hit us up on the social medias or the email address or anything else. And you can find that at 3fnpodcast.com. Ron, before we go, I believe you have some business to attend to, though. Three out of ten stars. The worst top grocer of all times, along with Lord of the Rings. I just saw this movie. It ended a few minutes ago. I usually don't write about movies as soon as I watch them. But this one was so, 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 so terrible. Words can't describe this. It's about two hours and 15 minutes bore, headache, and everything else bad. It's better to count the stars than to watch this piece of shit. What was this movie all about? Hmm, don't know. It was about nothing. It was about stupidness that Hollywood producers and people still watch. When you look at the success that this disaster has achieved, you find how many sick-minded people are in a are in our planet, on our planet. Sorry, I'm not including kids under ten here because this still is be funny for them. I give it negative one star out of a hundred. <laughs> three out of ten stars, people. Lord of the, or, then he uh, still gave it three. Go yeah. ahead. These, these <laughs> Harry Potter just sucks, people. So, out of a scale of a hundred, you're at negative one. But somehow that translates to 30% on the 10 scale. Yes. And, and the, the big sticking point for me was I normally don't write my reviews for movies right after I watch them. <laughs> now I wait three and a half years. <laughs> That's when I, it's it's finally settled in. That's when it's, it's the it's, freshest. It's, it's marinated in me. <laughs> the freshest three and a half years later <laughs> well that's going to do it for this week's 3FN podcast next week we will be back and we will be reviewing Exorcist Believer for the 3FN movie club review but until then take care of yourselves take care of each other and most importantly later nerds later
Come play my game. Harry Potter just sucks people. <laughs> That's all, folks.